0: Okay, Matthew chapter 3, 13 to 17, 15 minutes. Pray for me. Yes, Lord. I'm gonna read. If you're not there, just catch up. Here we go. Verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptised by John, John the Baptist. But John tried to deter Jesus saying, hang on, Jesus, I need to be baptised by You. And You come to me? Because see, John the Baptist was baptising people in the name of Jesus. And now here's Jesus standing before him saying, baptise me. Because Jesus came to fulfil all righteousness so that the unrighteous could be fulfilled and made fully right. And so Jesus says, no, you got to do this. you got to let it be so now, it is proper for us to do this, to fulfil all righteousness. Verse 16, as soon as Jesus was baptised, He went up out of the water, <laughs> At that moment, heaven was open. (laughs) He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on Him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son. He's my Son. This is my Son, whom I love. With Him, I am well pleased. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. God, we thank You for Your goodness, for Your kindness to us. We thank You for encouragement today in Your Word. Lord, we wanna just not know about You, Lord. We wanna know You, Lord Jesus. We thank You for Your presence with us today. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Can you thank Wilson with his recent haircut? His recent cut. You know, the voice of a father is important. The voice of a Father A lot of identity is wrapped up in the voice of a father. And this says that it was the voice of the father who said, this is my son, whom I love, with him I'm well pleased. It was a voice. It wasn't just a notion. It wasn't just a, a uh, thumbs up. It was a voice. God could have done a, a bunch of different things, but what he chose to do when it came to affirming, confirming and approving the identity of Jesus, he used his voice. And I do believe that the absence or the silence of a father's voice breeds confusion in its children. We are, as fathers, if you're a father, if you're a spiritual father, we are called to be the voice that speaks into the gap. And as you speak, your voice breathes identity into children. As you speak words, of life, you are bringing life into the heart and into the spirit of your children. So as fathers, let's not be quiet. If you think something good about your children, say it. Don't just think it, say it. Come on, everyone, say, say it. Say it, say it, say it, say it. God thought something great about His Son. You know what He did? He said it. He didn't just step in heaven thinking it. Man, you know, thought bubble. Man, this is my son. Wow, he's awesome, I love him. I'm really well pleased. No, no, he didn't just think it, he said it. And there's something powerful about the voice of the Father. And you gotta know that the voice of your heavenly Father is speaking over you today. It's a voice that says, this is my Son, whom I love, with Him I am well pleased. So three things this voice was. Number one, it was a voice of acceptance. This is my Son. Number two, it was a voice of affirmation. Whom I love. Number three, it was a voice of approval. With Him, I am well pleased. Acceptance, affirmation and approval. Every human needs all three. Acceptance, belonging, belonging, that I belong. Have you heard this saying before? Believe, belong, behave. In psychology, they talk a little about this, that before you can behave right, you've got to believe right. And before you believe right, you've got to belong. So my behaving and my believing starts from my belonging. I was talking to Darren the other day and we were talking about a, uh, he was letting me know about a, a guy uh, that he was aware of that got out of prison. And as soon as he was out of prison, he went straight away and performed a robbery. And when asked why, why you're, you're free, why did you go back straight away, like immediately to this? He said, man, because I belong where I came from. In that place I had belonging. Belonging is huge. Belonging will shape your life. We will do crazy things to belong. We will do unthinkable things just to belong. And here's God. And the first thing He says is, this is my son. He is with me. He belongs to me. Then affirmation, whom I love. And sometimes this can be hard, you know, for men, words, speaking and stuff, you know, being, being emotional without words, that could be hard. But here's God setting, setting the tone and He is just gushing out, whom I love. I wanna encourage you, being, being loving and kind with your words, giving affirmation is one of the greatest things you can do for children around you. But listen to me, even sons and daughters, that a spiritual something in this room, in this church location, in our community, let's, let's not be afraid of giving affirmation. Affirmation is a beautiful thing. Affirmation affirms truth in people. There are other words that confirm lies, but we're not here to confirm lies about people, we're here to affirm truths about people. And so a lie might be, you're dumb. But the truth might be you're smart and you have a great potential and you have great capacity. So don't ever agree with a lie, let's agree with the truth. Your words can agree with one or the other. You can align your words to lies or you can align your words to truth. And if you need more truth, go to the Word of God because it is the living Word, it is the truth of God and you get some truth in there and you put it in your mouth and use it to affirm others. Affirm people around you. Secure people can affirm other people. Insecure people find it hard to compliment others. Well, it's way too real in here today, isn't it? It's way too real. Insecure people find it hard to honor. Secure people find it easy. Because my honoring of you is not shaping how I am, I'm good as I am. I'm already good. So now I can give freely. But insecure people can't give freely because they haven't already got a sense of identity and self-worth. And so they're giving from a deficit, but you aren't called to give from a deficit. You're called to give from a surplus. And so you need to go to your God and get your identity. (laughs) Amen. So he spoke words of affirmation and then he spoke words of approval. With him, I am well pleased. In other words, I like this guy. I like this guy. Like, like, you know, I love him. Yeah, we get it. You know, you love me. You have to, you're my father. It's your job, you have to. But, but God wasn't just saying, I love you. He said, I like you. Man, I'm pleased with this guy. Wow, every time I see Jesus, I'm smiling. Every time I see him, man, I wanna be close and around him. Come on, Jesus, let's go change the world. God was pleased with his son. He liked him. Come on, somebody, God likes you. Even if you don't like you, God likes you. Heaven likes you. God is pleased with you. And if you're here thinking, yeah, well, how could He be pleased with me? Because I've done a lot of wrong. How, How could God be pleased with me? He doesn't even know what I'm doing. Well, He does. But you need to understand when God spoke this. This is gonna change your life. Do you know when God spoke this? Do you know when when God came to Jesus with a word of acceptance, a word of affirmation and a word of approval? Do you know the timing of this? It was before Jesus had done anything. I mean, all he did was just get up out of the water. Baptise, come out. I mean, that makes sense. Don't stay down too long, you know. comes out of the water and then doesn't go and heal anybody doesn't go and pray for the sick doesn't go and preach the kingdom doesn't go and do the assignment that God has for his life prior to doing anything for God he got his identity first from him and this is the nature of our God you're approved before you ever prove yourself to Him. First thought is in Christ, our identity is received, not achieved. And this is the great thing about the Gospel. It's the only faith of any faith where you receive your identity, you don't achieve it. Everything else in this life, you receive identity by achieving it by dressing a certain way, by thinking a certain way, by doing things a certain way, by acting a certain way, by performing a certain way. When I perform, then I get a sense of identity. My life suddenly becomes significance when I get that job promotion. But until then, I'm insignificant. But the thing about the gospel is your significance is received, not achieved. (laughs) Change your life. It'll change your life. It'll absolutely radically change your life. This is why the Gospel is so good. And this is why the Gospel is better than any other religion. I say it boldly today, better than any other religion, better than any other faith, because every other faith and every other religion makes you have to earn your identity. But in Christ, we receive it. I receive it, not by works, but by faith in Jesus. You don't get it by being a good person. You get it by believing in a good person, by believing in the righteous one, the Saviour of the world, by faith in Christ, in Christ. Our identity is not achieved, it's received. Second thought is because we were made, to live from identity, not for identity. You are not made to earn it and work from for it, but to live from it. So when I'm living for identity, I'm doing things to prove who I am. But when I'm living from identity, I'm doing things because of who I am. When I'm living for identity, I'm working to earn acceptance, But from identity, I'm working because I am accepted. For identity, I'm striving to earn title and labels and position to define who I am. When I live from identity, I'm resting in who I am and using titles, labels and position as a context to serve. I don't need that title. Give me the title, I'll use it, but I don't need it. I wonder how many things do you need that you think you need that you don't actually need? I wonder what goals have you got on your dollars in your bank account that you think when I get there, then, then. If I get this, then. If I get that, then. What a terrible way to live your life. Always wanting and always in lack. But David said it in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You're not designed to live for identity, you're designed to live from it. And we need our children, dads, we need our children to know who they are before they go out into the world and try and prove who they are. When you know who you are, you don't have to prove anything. Daniel 11 verse 32 says, those who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. No, God, be strong. Do. Great exploits. No, be, do. said it a million times. No, be, do. No, be, do. No, be, do. no, be, do. No, then I become, and now I do. I know God that shapes who I am, and now I go and do something with my life. It is in that order and we have far too much performance Christianity where we are working backwards to the order God designed us to live by. We're designed to live by first relationship, second becoming, third doing. Not doing, becoming knowing. Oh, I know God because I serve at church. I know God because I move the the chairs at church. No, that does not shape your relationship with God. I know God and that is shaping who I am. Now I'm gonna do something great with my life. You will do great exploits. It's about the order. And so the Father calls us to Himself before we go. And there's a story, as I close, Ben, you can join me. There's a story of a prodigal son. Have you heard of the prodigal son? The lost son. If you haven't heard of it, let me tell you about it. There's a son. We read about it in Luke 15. And there's a dad, he has two sons. And one son says, you know, I want my inheritance. I want all all the money you owe me, dad. And so he comes and the dad says, okay. So he splits the money between his two sons, gives one son his portion and the other son his portion. The son who asked for the money was the younger son. So back in the day the division of the finances was that the younger son gets 30%, the older son gets 60%. So the older son got the bigger portion, the younger son took the smaller portion and he left. And he went and he tried to live his own life for himself away from his father to the point where he was destitute, he was he was had nothing. He was envious of the pigs eating from a trough when once upon a time he was a son. He'd lost his identity because he'd left the covering of his father. So out on his own, he was trying to be somebody, forgetting that he already was somebody. And then he wakes up to himself. It says, the Bible says, he came to his senses. He said, what am I doing? I'm out here, my father's servants are treated better than this. I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna talk to my dad, tell him, hey, I sinned, I messed up, I repent, I'm sorry. Just let me be a servant. Don't even, don't even establish me back as a son. Just let me be a servant. Let me just come and clean the dishes, do whatever I can. And so he's planned this and he's walking back to his God. Oh, his his dad, spoiler alert. Verse 21, verse 22. As the son is walking home, this is the father's response. He says to his servants, he says to his team, quick, my son, he's coming home, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him a ring on His finger and sandals on His feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This was the response of the Father to the son who'd gone astray. You know what He did? He didn't have a party of condemnation. <laughs> he had a party of celebration. He planned to celebrate his son. His son came back thinking, man, he's gonna be angry. But his father was excited. His father was joyful. And maybe you're here today and you, have, you know in your heart, maybe it's, maybe it's not just you haven't been in the building, you've actually in your heart walked away from God. And for fear of His response, you have not returned. For fear of judgment, you haven't returned. For fear of what God thinks of you, you haven't returned. But the Father's response to any returning children is this. Bring the best robe and put it on Him. Put a ring on His finger, sandals on His feet. Do you know what this robe represents? This ring represents, these sandals represent, they represent Christ. The robe, the covering of grace the ring, the authority of that name Jesus, the sandals which I stand on the righteousness of Christ, not my own. Jesus is our robe, He's our ring, He's our sandals so that we are clothed in Christ and we are made children of God. Look at me, look at me. You are not made a child of God by your works, you are made a child of God by believing in Jesus. Galatians 3:26-29 says, so in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have been clothed have clothed yourselves with Christ. Our robe, our clothing, our covering is Jesus. No matter where you've been, no matter your parental background, no matter what you've experienced, if you will put on Christ, you're a child of God. And children Don't have to come back to their father nervous. Oh, please go. I've sinned, I'm bad, I'm really bad. Just make me a slave. We're no longer slaves. We're children in Christ. So therefore you can come back to God boldly, boldly to the throne of grace and receive forgiveness and healing and restoration from your heavenly Father.